You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. It's more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome in. It is the uh, Tuesday edition Jay Barker Show live from ABX Mac Culture and Tide 100.9 FM, our flagship station. We got Lars Anderson. I'm Jay Barker. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. It is the bowling of this generation, we call it, with friends, family, co workers. A lot of fun at Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there in Oxford, Anderson at Sonny King Ford. All right, Nick Saban's got a new contract. We're going to get into that. He gets a bump, a big bump. And uh, we saw the contracts coming out over the last year, Kirby Smart being one of those. They got the uh, the big raise and others throughout college football. Nick Saban now has got his. We heard from Greg Byrne earlier in the year talking about, hey, we'll make it uh, worth his while and pay him what he's worth. And, uh, man, he's worth a lot more than even what they're giving him now. Andrew Bone's going to join us at 1215. Can't wait for that. And uh, here, uh, another update on for recruiting, another four-star yesterday for the Crimson Tide. And Steve Irvine will be with us at 115. We'll talk UAB football with him today. So look forward to that as well. But, uh, guys, hope you're doing well. Uh, Lars down at Tide 100.9 FM. I'll start with you, Matt, at AVX there in our home studio. How are you guys doing today, Matt? I'm fine. fantastic. It was just a matter of time when, when Kirby got a raise. 
They're not going to sit for that at Alabama. I don't know that Saban even has to push it anymore, but he needs to be top dog. He needs to be big cheese. He needs to be able to thump his chest on that. Not that he would. It just looks good on paper that he is now the highest-paid coach again in all of college football. I think I got my numbers right. You may have mentioned them just a minute ago, Jay. It's uh, $10.695 million, which is about $500,000 more per year than Kirby Smart. Uh, but it wasn't just him. Uh, Ashley Johnston, the new gymnastics coach, signed a deal, 175 per year. Uh, Antoine Petway, uh, assistant coach, basketball, 410. Well, that seems a, a, a large discrepancy with the head, most head coach of gymnastics and then assistant coach of Antoine Petway, but I'll leave it at that. But, I, hey, Lars, did you see that Byrne uh, got an increase too? Uh, and, and, and an extension as well. And uh, I know it's big news for Saban, but if you're Alabama and you love all athletics, uh, getting Byrne under contract long-term, that to me, Lars, is huge too. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I've been around a lot of athletic directors in, in my time uh, at, at Sports Illustrated and Bleacher Report and just throughout my career, and I know you guys have too. And I think Greg Byrne is as good as they come. You know, he, he learned from his dad, Bill Byrne, who was an athletic director, and uh, it's almost just like he was groomed uh, from a very, very young age to be an AD. And I know there have been whispers that Byrne one day could succeed uh, uh, Greg Sankey as the SEC commissioner, but I, I think if that would ever happen, it would be very, very far down the road. You know, it, it's pretty interesting. You can uh, you can actually go into uh, Alabama Records, and uh, it's, it's a database of uh, payrolls of Alabama, University of Alabama employees, and you can see what their monthly checks are. And, you know, I teach at the University of Alabama, and today is the, the first day of classes for me. And you can actually compare my monthly salary to Nick Saban's monthly salary. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and they go back, these records go back to October 2009. And uh, this little tidbit comes from our buddy uh, Michael Casagrande at AL.com, who does a great job of covering Alabama. But uh, since uh, October 2009, Nick Saban has been paid $101 million, 4161 uh, by the University of Alabama. And that doesn't even include 2007, 2008. And now, of course, uh, this, this uh, significant uh, bump, uh, making him the highest paid coach. And, and certainly he deserves it. But you remember his average salary when he first signed the deal back in his first contract, it was $4 million. And there was this outcry, like, oh, my God, yeah. I'm so overpaid. It was a $4 million, 32, uh, The average was uh, $4 million, and the, the total was $32 million. And, uh, you know, in 2009, it went up to $4.7 million a year. In 2012, it was 5.6. 2014, 6.9. Uh, 2018, 9.2. Uh, last year, 10.6. And now, $11.7 million. And, uh, you know, the, the numbers for coaches are, are just uh, staggering, but he deserves it. He deserves it. Um, and, you know, I, I think a Nobody lot of works harder. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it was in, true. in, in, uh, it was the, the former president Witt, right? Jay, who said yeah. best investment they've ever made. Oh, no doubt about it. And, and the good thing about this, too, guys, is that it's going to run through 2030. Uh, I think everybody, you know, wondered, OK, when's the date or when 
uh, with Coach Saban retired. Not to say that he couldn't step down before that, but that it runs through that time is that he's seeing way out there. And it's all about recruiting as well. I mean, he wants the recruits to know, hey, I'm going to be around for a while. He's 70 years old, so you're looking at, what, another, what, eight years? Eight years. He's 78. And, and I know a lot of people think, man, that's old. Well, it really isn't. I mean, look at uh, not only the presidents uh, that we've had recently, uh, also from the standpoint of Bobby Bowden, other coaches that have gone into their 80s and, and coached and, and kind of become kind of the CEO type. Um, I don't know if you would ever kind of be that guy that just kind of looks over things and not want to be on the field coaching. Uh, but even if it gets to that point, uh, he'd still be an unbelievable figurehead at the University of Alabama. So I think that's big. And, and again, getting up to uh, paying him an uh, average of $11.7 million per year throughout the entire contract. So the raise, again, as Matt brought up, edges out him from Kirby Smart, who signed the new deal earlier in the offseason, will pay him an average of $11.2 million over the next 10 years. So that's a $500,000 increase over Kirby Smart. And Kirby, look, winning a championship, and even some of the other guys have gotten raises over the last year. Uh, it, it really is amazing, Matt, the money. And we, we talked about this years ago when we first started together in radio. I mean, 27 years ago, talking about guys getting to a million dollars, getting to two million, three million, and just going, man, I mean, it's amazing the amount of money these guys are making now. Now you're over, you're, you're in double digits uh, now with these coaches. And I'm not so sure if the coaches, I mean, Saban, what he's done is not only for Alabama uh, with the success they've had in national championships. But he has definitely raised the level of, of pay for all the coaches everywhere. When Nick Saban and Kirby Smart get a deals like this, everybody's going to get an increase. Dabo will get an increase. Everybody will get an increase across college football if you have success. But I'm not sure if every guy deserves what some of the contracts uh, coming out have, have been recently. Mel Tucker, <laughs> didn't he just recently get a, like a $9 million, $10 million Yeah, 10-year, $95 million. And, and to me, that was, the, yeah. that was like the, the paradigm shift. Right. Because it wasn't no longer was it just the elite schools paying uh, the elite money. Now it's, you know, the the Michigan State giving Mel Tucker ninety five million over 10 years. And and now I I believe there is nine coaches in college football who are making seven million or more. Excuse me, 12. There's 12 coaches uh, making 12, uh, seven million or more. Uh, for the 2022 season, and it, it's it's likely, uh, and those are public records, right? So 12 coaches at public schools, and then probably USC's Lincoln Riley and uh, Miami's Mario Cristobal are, are at that level as well. So you'd like there's likely 14 coaches in college football making at least seven million dollars, and that is just uh, uh, staggering considering Nick Saban wasn't making seven million as recently as 2014. Right. So it's just uh, you're you're right, Jay. It's just one contract leads to another, leads to another, leads to another big one. And it's uh, it's been an avalanche of, of money. Matt, you remember those conversations we had about the coaches getting to a million dollars, two million dollars going? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is getting out of hand. It makes me want to look up what Coach Bryant made in his best season financially. But, uh, Jay, you make a great point about, I guess, in this case, the phrase would be high tide raises all boats. But um, it's much the case as it was with Tiger Woods when he got on the PGA Tour. Every single player, even today, should thank Tiger because the purses are so much larger. larger. Now I guess they're going to have to, uh, what are they going to have to do? Uh, Thank the Live Tour? Uh, Yeah, I'm not going there. But one other thing, one other thing that I think is important to note, and that's the length of the contract. And nobody says he's going to be here until he's 78, but it's out there. The coaches know it. 
they can't they can try and use it against him when they're recruiting oh he's not going to make well the fact of the matter is it's in a contract it's on paper and you can't use that against him although they still will and again, Greg Byrne, updated deal runs through June of 2029. As you brought up, Lars paying him an average of 1.7 million per year for Greg Byrne as well, the AD at Alabama. Hey, we all love rock and roll sushi, Matt. I know you and Karen, you absolutely love it. Lars takes his kids as well. But rock and roll sushi, one of our great sponsors. You get that dynamic atmosphere, the fun, the uh, the, the rock and roll music. And uh, I know Tony Curry is always talking about, man, that'd be a great sponsor for Tony Curry Radio Network is rock and roll sushi, and it would be. And it's a great sponsor for us as well rock and roll sushi get out to all the locations throughout birmingham there's one downtown now that you'll absolutely love and matt i'll let you join in any thoughts on rock and roll sushi i know you and karen love to go there oh we go there at least once a month and dine in but we also do the takeout and we go to the one in hoover there right by the galleria and uh, i can't say enough about their service um and, and it's just tremendous every time i go in there and let's face it guys in the restaurant industry today, you can't say that all the time because it's getting so difficult to find good people. Somehow, those at Rock and Roll Sushi do, Jay. I've recently become addicted, guys, to the hibachi chicken and steak. It's so good. It is so good. And yeah. uh, and, and just one final note. Bear Bryant in 1982 made $450,000. That's crazy. Yeah, that's still that's good money then. I remember him almost hitting half a million, and people were going... Even in Alabama, going, that's whoa, he's doing what? Oh, my God. How much was he worth to Alabama back then? Probably Crazy. if he did it kind of per capita, as much, if not more, than saving. All right. For that amplified dining experience, get out to Rock and Roll Sushi today, and uh, we'll continue talking about some of these salaries. Coming up next, though, Andrew Bowen joins us from Bama Insider. We'll talk recruiting with him for the Crimson Tide. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with a few passing showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today 81, tonight's low 68. Tomorrow and Thursday, a mix of sun and clouds both days with scattered showers and storms. Highs between 85 and 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa. to give us a recruiting update and uh, Edric Hill has uh, now the uh, 21st commitment for the Crips at Tyburn get his take on the 6'2", 280-pounder currently uh, also at uh, Northwestern uh, kind of uh, what's uh, happening and uh, everything for Alabama as far as commitments and as far as the, uh, the 21st uh, coming in for the Crimson Tide. I could be in at what, two or three, Andrew, I think it was, uh, early, what, May, June, and everybody started panicking a bit. We've talked about that a number of times, but, man, welcome in. Thanks for being with us. Give us an update. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on again. Uh, you know, this is certainly a um, you know busy time of the year, busier than what we've uh, what we've experienced really in the past. You know, August is usually one of these months where 
Uh, all these recruiting reporters throughout the country go on vacation. They take a little bit of time off, especially the first couple weeks of August. Everybody's back in fall practice. Now uh, we're back into uh, in the game mode, and uh, we got guys all over the country going to games. But you know, this is a uh, this has been busier than uh, than I could have ever imagined. And we've seen Alabama have a great. Uh, run over the course of the last, you know, really the last month and a half uh, as far as just loading up on commitments. I mean, it started in early July, um, you know, when we saw Malik Benson and Cole Adams, you know, two elite wide receivers commit to Alabama. And then, you know, it's been great ever since. I mean, they have just picked up top commitments left and right. Now they've missed on a couple of guys, and we've talked about those players like Kelby Collins going to uh, Florida, Peter Woods going to um going to Clemson, but pretty much everybody else they've really pushed for and gone after over the course of the last month or so, uh, they've been able to land, and uh, it's been quite impressive. Currently sitting with the number one uh, recruiting class in the country, according to On3 Sports. Uh, they just picked up a commitment last night from Edric Hill, uh, four-star defense alignment out of Kansas City, and this is a kid who they have recruited for a very long time. You know, I've you know, seeing some people say, uh, you know, Alabama started going after him after Peter Woods uh, and Kelby Collins made decisions, but that just simply wasn't true at all. You know, this is a kid that received an offer from Alabama in November. Uh, they've heavily recruited him since then. And he's also a kid that didn't have to camp. Um, you know, that's pretty rare. You know, there, there's very few guys uh, that don't have to camp and go and work out. Uh, in front of Coach Saban for you to, uh, you know, have that green light uh, to commit. And, you know, we've seen a lot of guys come in throughout the summer, um, you know, even guys who are you know currently committed to Alabama who had to come in, work out, camp. Um, but Edric wasn't one of those guys. Um, you know, that they saw him uh, last year when he came in for, um, uh, I think it was the Arkansas game. So they, they knew his size and, you know, just getting a chance to, you know, evaluate him, you know, from a film standpoint and then, Freddie Roach going out to his school during the spring and uh, watching him again. I mean, they, they were completely sold on. Um, he actually committed to Alabama in June, while he may have just announced uh, for Alabama uh, yesterday, uh, he actually committed the day after his official visit. So uh, that was back, I think it was the you know second or third week of June, uh, when he called Coach Saban and informed uh, him of his decision. And, uh, you know, I think they've been kind of waiting and wondering when when he was officially going to announce it, but it finally happened last night, and uh, uh, we know the Alabama coaches uh, are excited. So that's two defensive line commitments uh, in this 2023 class. Still think they're you know uh, very interested in signing at least two more, maybe three. I think it could go up to six based on. Uh, which guys uh, want to jump on board. But, you know, they definitely want to get four. I think in the end they end up with five, and, you know, there's still some, you know, pretty big targets who are out there. Andrew, last time we had you on, you uh, you teased us by uh, talking about Keon Keeley and uh, saying that uh, he was going to decommit from Notre Dame and Alabama may be in the hunt. And sure enough, and, and, and then I started to do some research on Keon Keeley. And oh, my gosh, this guy is a player, top edge rusher, uh, sort of universally by all recruiting sites uh, in the class of 2023 uh, out of Tampa, Florida, Six six two forty two. Where does Alabama stand with him? Is is it look like they have him locked up? 
right. Well, you know, you know, it's hard to call someone a lock in this business, but uh, yeah, I certainly think that Alabama is in great shape with them as of right now. Now he is going to take some other visits this fall. He's going to visit Ohio State next weekend for an official visit. I don't see him going to Ohio State. I, I think he wants to play in the SEC. He likes Ohio State. He's going to going to visit and enjoy that. But I think it's probably going to be. Uh, his last trip up there as a uh, as a recruit, I think, uh, once he gets back down to Tusc or gets up to Tuscaloosa here um, in October for the Texas A and M game, I think Alabama is going to have a really good chance to wrap things up with him during that visit. I think the one school to kind of keep an eye on uh, with Keeley outside of Alabama is Florida because he really likes Florida a lot. Has visited Florida a few times uh, throughout his recruitment. Grew up a Florida fan, and we've seen. Uh, you know, the success that Coach Napier has had on the recruiting front so far down there. But uh, but in the end, I do think he's going to end up at Alabama. I think it's probably going to happen sometime in October uh, after the visit uh, for the Texas A&M game. But uh, they're, in, uh, they're in really good shape. You know, there's a lot of guys on social media uh, in this Alabama recruiting class who've been tweeting at them. But, you know, it's not just that. I mean, that's something that, you know, all the fancy people don't see a lot of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, the conversations that are happening, the, you know, recruits are texting, calling each other all the time. So, you know, that's a lot of stuff that goes on uh, that people don't see. People just kind of see the, uh, the tweets and, um, you know, you're next and, and those kind of things. But, uh, but there's a lot more to it. And um, I, I definitely think that Alabama is in uh, really good shape with Keon Keeley as, um, you know, we entered the, uh, the football season. Andrew Bone is our guest, Bama Insider, and on three. Appreciate his time today. Uh, I, I want to go to the other side of the state, and I know that's not what you follow, but Lars and I were talking at length this morning about what's going on, or in this case with recruiting, what's not going on at Auburn. Um, I looked at, at one of the sites today, and they're not even in the top 50. Vanderbilt is ahead of Auburn in, in, in recruiting. Um, as... Uh, I think Lars put it, he said, that's a telltale sign of, or could be, of the future of this program. Is Auburn in desperate need of recruits here? <laughs> well, I think everybody's in uh, in desperate need of, of, of recruits. Um, and, uh, Auburn is uh, you know, certainly not uh, doing well on the recruiting trail right now, as you pointed out. I mean, there's certainly you know, some guys that I feel like they – they think that they've got a good chance to land, but you know they keep missing. I mean, there have been a lot of guys that, you know, even guys in state that they probably felt really confident about uh, over the course of the last few months that you know that we've seen go out of state, including uh, Keldrick Falk uh, out of Highland Homes, who committed to uh, to Florida State uh, over Auburn, even though everybody expected him to go to Auburn. So, I think a lot of people are you know pretty much just on standby with Auburn. I think a lot of kids are interested, but they want to see how they perform this upcoming season. I mean, we saw Jahil Hurley, you know, really flirt with uh, with Auburn during the spring. There were some rumors that he was about to flip from Auburn, or excuse me, flip from Alabama to Auburn. Never transpired, but we do know that at Auburn is still recruiting uh, Hurley, along with Alabama commitment Tony Mitchell. So I, I don't expect either one of those guys to flip, but um, yeah, I think once this kind of, the season gets underway, it all kind of depends on, you know, are they going to have success? You know, Auburn's always, you know, in my opinion, I don't know what, how y'all feel, but when people aren't really talking about Auburn, 
that's usually when uh, you know they yeah, end up exactly. having a you know ten or eleven win season and uh, you know and start to build some momentum. It's usually when Auburn's ranked in the preseason top ten where they uh, you know end up going you know you know four and seven or four and eight or whatever it is. But uh, but yeah, I think a lot of a lot of top recruits are just kind of waiting to see um, you know what's going to happen you know during the season how they're going to perform is. Uh, you know, Coach Harson, you know, still going to be the guy uh, after the season because you know that is something that a lot of recruits see. They see the you know all the stuff on social media. They see what happened, um, you know, last year. So it's all just kind of a wait and see approach right now. But you know, there's still some kids in the state that they have a chance with, uh, including Jane Smith and Quay Russo. Even though you know most of us, you know imagine they will eventually choose between Alabama and Georgia. Florida is also in there. Uh, but these are two five-star in-state recruits that uh, do have Auburn on their short list. On that, they're in that top six, but I would say, uh, you know, for both of those guys, Auburn's in that top four along with uh, Alabama, Georgia, um, and, uh, and Florida. So, you know, what if they just pulled that one off and, and were able to land uh, – you know, those two guys, I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, they're certainly, uh, certainly involved. So we'll see kind of how the season goes throughout the year, but they're not sitting in, uh, they're not sitting in good shape right now on the, uh, on the recruiting trail. With Batman Sider on three media as well. Uh, Andrew Bone, our guest talking recruiting is the best at what he does, especially for the Crimson Tide. How big of an impact is it for the uh, new contract for Coach Saban through 2030, averaging 11.7 million? He's the highest paid now, surpassing Kirby Smart's new contract. What does that mean for recruiting? Well, I, I think you know, when a recruit sees that, they might see a little bit more stability um, as far as, you know, obviously, Saban's <laughs> job is pretty stable, but. Um, you know, when you're constantly hearing from uh, you know, other schools that are competing against Alabama, I won't throw any names out there, but uh, you know, there are some top schools out there and some schools that uh, former Alabama assistants coach for uh, that are probably telling these top guys, "Hey, you know, Coach Saban's not going to be there much longer. He, you know, he's you know probably on his way out. You know, he doesn't like uh, you know all the you know different." Um, changes on the recruiting landscape and all this stuff. So he's going to leave uh, in the next year or two. Why don't you come to our program? Well, I think when Coach Saban gets a commitment from the University of Alabama uh, with that contract, he's also committed to, to Alabama himself. So I don't see him retiring or shutting things down, uh, you know, really over the course of the next couple of years. I think he's going to go. Obviously, a, a little bit longer and uh, going to continue to recruit. Obviously, things are going really well uh, on the recruiting front for Alabama. You know, he's always kind of said, um, you know, when things start to go south or he's not doing a great job, um, you know, that that's probably the time to retire. Well, you know, he's heading into this college football season on the number one ranked team in the country and the number mm-hmm. uh, one ranked recruiting class in the country and got a chance to finish, uh, you know, the season at the top in both of those regards. So I think Coach Saban's in, uh, you know, in pretty good shape as far as uh, sticking around for a while, and I think a lot of recruits are starting to see that. And obviously the success that they're having on the recruiting front, I mean, when you go into the state of Georgia and land the top two recruits in the state of Georgia, uh, you know, a few months after Georgia wins the national championship over you, um, you know, I think a new energy and new fire has been uh, – uh, uh, has been sparked, and uh, you know, Coach Saban's certainly uh, enjoying it right now. 
Andrew Bond, Bam Insider, and On3 Media. You can find him throughout there all the time. Different shows coming up. Also, Andrew, the letter J Bone. That's at Andrew, the letter J Bone. Is, uh, that's his Twitter uh, handle. Andrew, as always, thank you, my man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. How's it going? All right, Andrew Bone joining us here on the Jay Barker Show. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson down at Tide 100.9 FM, our flagship station today, and uh, getting ready to uh, do some teaching a little bit later on this afternoon. All right, uh, we'll continue live from AVX. Stay with us here on this Tuesday edition. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's 
Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. DTPM is your local and uh, total solution provider that provides a comprehensive array of diagnostic lab testing equipment, supplies, and services. Visit their website at DTPM.com to learn more. If you're a physician office, recovery courts, reference laboratories, and treatment centers, and even urgent cares, they can help you out. Urologists out there as well. Get your own lab in your own space. Better outcomes for the patients. Better outcomes for the practice. That's DTPM.com. All right. Uh, one of the big stories today, well, at least for, for uh, my family, is the NCAA women's basketball title game will be broadcast this season on ABC for the first time ever. The championship game, which usually airs in prime time, we played at 3 p.m. Eastern time on April the 2nd, the women's final four in Dallas this year. And uh, Burke Magnus said this of ESPN's president for programming and original contest said scheduling the division one women's basketball championship on ABC has been a goal for quite some time in our ongoing efforts to maximize the exposure of women's sports and collaboration with the NCAA women's NCAA championships continue to generate strong audiences from the ABC ESPN networks. And this move represents yet another unique opportunity to showcase this marquee event and the student athletes who are competing for a national championship. Matt, you've been in TV for a long time. This is big getting on the network, especially ABC for women's sports. It's, it's, it's just a big thing. And you know what? Uh, television relies on revenue and they're not going to do this if they don't see the potential. And and to me, that's, um, you know, that's as positive a note here as ever. And I think, you know, when we were talking with Dana, uh, Alabama women's gymnastics coach at the time, we were also seeing a rise of the, the, the TV in that sport. And when it's warranted, it's getting the numbers and, and it's getting network television coverage, which that's just fabulous. And I'll be honest with you guys, women's basketball a long time ago to, was just kind of nine and I tell you what. College women's basketball is fantastic now, and I watch it. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of college uh, women's basketball um, in the past, but 
Uh, this is just, it's huge. And, and we all know now who's going to, Alabama's going to be playing there. So <laughs> Sarah Ashley's uh, we hope so. NIL, her NIL numbers will go through the ceiling now. Uh, a lot of good things, uh, for her women's basketball, particularly Sarah Ashley Barkler. Bark. Yeah, Matt, I, I think you hit it right the nail on the head there. Um, the skill level has increased so much, not just at the elite programs, uh, you know, Connecticut, South Carolina, but just all across the women's college basketball landscape. And, you know, ESPN acquired the rights uh, to the women's Final Four back in 1996. Uh, and, um, you know, they finally makes make the decision to put it on ABC. Well, what fueled this? Uh, it, the, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, because last year's championship game between South Carolina and Connecticut, which was a fabulous game, that was the highest ranked men's or women's game on ESPN since 2008. And it reached uh, 4.85 million viewers. Right. So just clearly there is an appetite for high level women's college basketball and 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 matt i think you're right it's it's really exciting it's it's fast pace um i mean gosh jay you know this better than both matt and i because your daughter is an amazing basketball player and she doesn't i i don't even know how to put this but she doesn't play the game like a a a typical college basketball typical female college basketball player did back in 1993 when i graduated from college yeah, and, and I think, too, if you look at just the um, – with all the athletes, I mean, everybody's gotten so much better with all the one-on-one training, uh, all the tournaments now with AAU, which I think has really helped women's sports. They've got you know so many great leagues now that they can play in from the time they're little all the way up to really – I mean, Sarah, I started playing travel ball, I think it was 7th, 8th grade. And um, from that time on, you know, now they're even starting earlier and they get on a team, they play against elite talent. They go to these national tournaments, regional tournaments and play against great competition. And I, and I tell you, the women's game, Matt, is just fundamentally sound. It really is. And I'm not saying that bad against the guys, but, you know, the dribble drive, all that stuff. I mean, it's just still, you know, they're, they're coming off screens. They're, you know, picking, they're rolling, they're getting to the basket there. I mean, it's just a, it looks like, a, 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 I don't know, just better fundamentals of basketball than what we see sometimes in the men's game. Well, you're right about the fundamentals, and, and and that is good to watch for us old school basketball players. But and you guys can throw it at me because I'll deserve it on this one. But I'm so old. I remember when my little sister played. They had three on one end, three on the other. Uh, you didn't cross mid court. Do y'all remember that? Nope. But I mean, it has evolved. And then when they first started doing, <laughs> yeah, when they first started doing the five on five, it was not even organized chaos. It, it just really didn't look like basketball, but it evolved. And uh, Pat Summit may have been it. She may have. And who's the guy at Louisiana Tech? Can't remember. Uh, those two back yeah. in the late seventies and then then through the eighties, they evolved the sport. And I don't mind saying this. Please don't be offended. But the game is more like the men's game than it used to be, except for the fact and fact that they probably walk less and have fewer turnovers. But the game is good to watch, and that's why ABC has recognized it as such. Yeah, and, and I, you're, you're right. It, it's a team game. I mean, it, it is. It, it becomes a little nauseating watching the NBA because it, it, you're Jay. You're right. It's dribble drive. 
dish. It's it's you try to take your man one on one. If they collapse down, you kick it out, hit, and the guy will take a, a three pointer. If not, you get to the basket. You try to draw a foul, or you uh, you know uh, go go hard to the hoop and see if you can make it. I mean, it, there's like three plays, and it it, it it seems to me in the NBA and to a lesser degree in uh, in men's basketball. Whereas in college uh, women's college basketball, I mean, it reminds me of almost like. Uh, Pete Carrill, right? The uh, Princeton coach who recently passed away. Um, like it's the Princeton style basketball, where it's it, it is it is real team, and and it, uh, there's you know you have actual plays that you run, come around like double cuts and 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 just uh, or double uh, 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 blocks or whatever, uh, and. Uh, it, 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 to me, it's just fascinating. It's a much more fascinating, interesting style of play. But, but Jay, when was the first time that Sarah Ashley beat you in a game of one-on-one? <laughs> <laughs> it was later in high school. <laughs> but she could. I mean, she. I mean, she could shoot the ball. My goodness. And I, you know, and that was in, in you know in the driveway. Get her on the real basketball court. And she would eat me alive. But um, yeah, she she's she she plays against guys all the time, and that's kind of I think it helped her, which I think that's helped a lot of girls that have had a chance to do that. All right, uh, so uh, Asher Red, I just saw this. Uh, Josh Smith, our producer, sent it to me. Is reporting first call, first shipments of alcohol arrives at Bryant Denny Stadium just yeah. two weeks before Alabama football kickoff against Utah State football. Uh, alcohol uh, hashtag alcohol hashtag Alabama football hashtag news. So uh, that was about uh, an hour ago, but. Uh, when he posted that, but the first shipments of alcohol arriving at Bryant Denny Stadium after they went through the um, city council and then uh, went to the uh, other parts that they need to get uh, the uh, the okay and the approval. So it's already arriving at Bryant Denny Stadium. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, on the other side, uh, you guys probably remember the movie Friday Night Lights. Some sad news about that. Uh, the coach and uh, we'll just uh, talk about that and tell you more about it coming up on the other side here live from. AVX Audio Video Excellence continues. Jay Barker, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with a few passing showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 81. Tonight's low, 68. Tomorrow and Thursday, a mix of sun and clouds both days with scattered showers and storms. Highs between 85 and 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa. And it was amazing uh, today when I woke up and uh, saw this story. I was actually yesterday thinking uh, I was going to watch a movie, and I thought, what do I watch? It's getting right around football season. I thought, you know, I haven't seen Friday Night Lights in forever. So I watched Friday Night Lights last night and then woke up to Gary Gaines, the coach of the Texas high school football team, which made famous in the book and the movie Friday Night Lights has died. He was at the age of... 73, the Gaines family said in a statement that the former coach died Monday in Lubbock after a long battle with Alzheimer's disease. 
Uh, he made many st- uh, stops in West Texas during a 30-year coaching career, but was best known for a four-year stint leading the highly successful program at Odessa Permian. Uh, Gaines returned to Permian later in his career as well. But uh, I know you guys have probably seen that movie. Billy Bob Thornton played Gaines in that, Coach Gaines. And, um, again, uh, pretty just amazing movie. Um, you had uh, Tim McGraw was in it as well and a number of other actors that uh, – and actually, I forget the guys, the name of the actor that played uh, – uh, the quarterback, but uh, actually from hey, North Lucas Alabama. Black from Lucas Logan. Black. That's yeah, it. Lucas yeah. Black. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's based on uh, Buzz Bissinger's book, Friday Night Lights, and uh, Buzz sort of employed the uh, the the journalism technique of of being a fly on the wall for the entire season, and uh, the, Coach Gaines gave him full access, um, and this technique had been used by John Feinstein in uh, in a season on the brink uh, about Indiana uh, basketball when they uh, got to the uh, finals of the NCAA tournament and uh, Bobby Knight was really ups- ended up being very upset with him and Gary Gaines ended up being very upset with Buzz Bissinger. I mean the, the book was and I know uh, Buzz and he, he got just a tiny advance and he just had this idea of wanted to explore this sort of subculture of Texas football and so he spent the 1988 season with Odessa Permian and um, the book ended up being a, a warts and all account of the season you know there was racism educational inequalities uh, and uh, sort of uh, this toxic masculinity that existed in the locker rooms and even though Gaines was depicted as the hero in the book he he disavowed it. He said he felt betrayed by Buzz uh, Bissinger because of his depiction of Texans as being racist, and and uh, he didn't like the depiction of himself. He thought it was unfair, but it, it just it certainly opened a lot of eyes, right? And then the 2004 movie Friday Night Lights uh, came out, and then the the NBC series to, from uh, 2006 to 2007, or sorry, 2006 to 2011, um, was also that was kind of based on a a more fictionalized account of, of Friday Night Lights. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he certainly made an impact in uh, not just high school football in Texas, but he became a, uh, a, a national figure because of the book and also um, the, the, the movie and the uh, TV show. So, um, you know, he's a man who, who led a, a full, uh, fascinating life. He retired back in 2012 and, and as you mentioned, Jay, uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2017 and uh, passed away. Yes, sad day. 86 to 89, Matt. He I was like 47, 6 and 1. 47. I like the movie because they didn't win. They didn't end up winning the championship, did they? That's right. They lost like a yard. It wasn't like the storybook. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so it wasn't storybook in that faction. Now I haven't read the book and I don't know if either one of y'all have, but the movie, I didn't think it depicted a lot of racism in it. Did y'all? Uh, the movie didn't. the The book no. was uh, much more hardcore and in depth, of, of course. And and uh, uh, again, Buzz Buzz had full access, and um, and 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 Coach Gaines just he didn't care for 
how different things were portrayed and um but it, yeah i mean it was it, it, it's a it is a great great book i mean i think the book is far better than the the movie and i i can't recommend it uh, more highly uh friday night lights by buzz bissinger he brought up toxic mask uh, toxic uh, what'd you say what was it toxic uh, masculinity masculinity there you go yeah we we uh, I feel like we need more of that now <laughs> in this uh, in this society. This guy's never oh been to our studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Oh goodness gracious! But hey, it, it's great movie. It was a surprise. I watched it last night. All of it. I mean, love love the movie and uh, getting ready for football season. But uh, you know, and and again, it, it shows um, you know Coach Gaines. He had success everywhere he went, pretty much. And uh, to get there in Permian and the success they've had for so many years. Uh, Texas high school football like it is uh, here in the state of Alabama, but even, you know, on a bigger scale based on the teams and the number of teams they've got California, the same way in Florida for years, uh, but uh, always been such a hotbed of great talent, but a great movie to kind of showcase some of those struggles. And I tell you, Booby Miles, um, who ended up, um, you know, hurting his knee and, you know, just going through all that. And then Matt, you know, talking about not winning the championship. That was the kind of unique thing about it is that it wasn't a happy ending, you know, from the movie standpoint. Yeah. Instead, it was the real struggle and uh, the loss and the defeat and everything that goes through that. And I thought Tim McGraw played played a great part in that as well. Uh, one of his early acting uh, careers, uh, career moves for him. All right, we'll continue on the other side. we got hour number two coming up as we wrap up hour number one. Steve Irvine is going to be joining us. Uh, he'll talk UAB football. Look forward to that and uh, much more about the Crimson Tide. Again, Nick Saban, pay raise today. We'll talk more about it coming up on the uh, beginning of hour number two at $11.7 million average through 2030. We'll be back. Stay with us. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa and they came over. And man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. It's delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? You can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should the people accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. 
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hi, welcome back in. Hour number two, Jay Barker, Lars Anderson down at Tide 100.9 FM, our flagship station, Matt Coulter at AVX, our Birmingham studio as well. And, uh, man, we got a great uh, hour number two lined up for you. We got Coach Saban getting a bump in the contract all the way through 2030. So uh, will he make it uh, to 2030 as far as the coach at Alabama? Many think he will. And uh, they'll average around $11.7 million per year. That tops Kirby's $11.2 million per year that he's earning right now in his new contract as well. Steve Irvine is going to join us at 115. We'll talk UAB football and earlier in the show, Andrew Bone joined us talking Alabama recruiting. Uh, Edrick Hill, the new recruit, number 21 for Alabama. I think that puts him with, what, four or five stars. I think that's 14 or 13, four stars and some three stars as well. So uh, Alabama right now doing a tremendous job when it comes to recruiting once again. And that new contract is going to help a ton as well. Top Golf of Birmingham, that's who we're presented by. Get out to Top Golf today. We call it the bowling of this generation. A lot of fun for you, family, friends, and coworkers. Get out to Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks at Sunny King Ford. All right, uh, the top story today, guys, uh, Coach Saban's uh, new contract. Lars, I'll go back to you at Tide 100.9 FM. You're right there in Tuscaloosa, and I'm sure a lot of people are excited about uh, seeing uh, the extension. Greg Byrne also gets an extension through 2029, uh, averaging about $1.7 million per year. So a lot of pay raises going around. Antoine Petway ends up with a $410,000 contract as well, assistant basketball coach for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, uh, Nick Saban is now the uh, highest paid coach in college football. In all, in total, the contract is worth uh, $93.6 million, and uh, it goes through uh, the next eight years. So when the deal expires, uh, Coach Saban will be 78 years old. Um, and it, uh, you know, it, it includes uh, completion bonuses for uh, the first four years of the eight, right? So he gets $800,000 a year just for completing a season. Uh, man, that would be a nice little bump to get, right? Uh, hey, boss, can you, you, boss can you uh, give me, uh, I don't know, $80 at the completion of uh, this this year? Um, so, yeah, you, you add it all up, and, and Saban will be making an average of $11.7 million and uh, that uh, that that beats out Kirby Smart, who uh, I don't know. He was the highest paid coach in college football for all of a, what a month. Uh, yeah. His average salary yeah. is eleven point two five million. Um, so here's a question for you guys: um, What are the odds that Nick Saban actually finishes sees the last year of this contract? Right. Again, it, it's the next eight years. So he'll be 78 when it expires. Do you think he makes it and will be coaching at age 78? Jay. I do. I think. Oh. 
You did? Go ahead. Go. Yeah, go ahead, man. I do. I just see it. I do. Well, I, you know, I, I go back to when he was first signed, and, 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 you know, Alabama's football coach coming out of Miami, and everybody looked at his resume, and they say he's, he hadn't been any place more than five years. So I think it was like a lot of people, he'll be here five years, he'll probably go back into the NFL. But then a sixth and a seventh and then another national championship. And, and he's been here a whole lot longer than many of us anticipated from the get-go. Um, and then I'll go back, as Jay did, to a movie I saw last night. I was watching Blindside, and, you know, he has a cameo in there yeah. where he's trying to recruit Michael Ower. And I looked at him, and I went, man, he looks young. But then I looked at him from a, the Saturday news conference, and I went, you know, he hadn't aged all that much. He still plays basketball in the lower court. So in a, in a very, very lengthy way of answering your question, Lars, I would say it's better than 50-50 that he is here when he's 78. Jay? I agree. I, I really do. I, I think that he loves the game. I think he realizes that everything that he's wanted to accomplish, he's accomplished at Alabama with winning championships, the recruiting, the support behind it. Um, you know, I, I really think it's going to be how NIL, the support there from the fans and, and from the collectives, how the uh, the guys continue to get, you know, the things that other universities can offer. If, if You know, I think the key was Mal Moore from the very beginning, handing him the keys and saying, look, it's yours. You run it. You got it. You do what you got to do to make this thing uh, back into a championship winning program. And um, I think that autonomy, I think, just gave him so much power inside that that office. And and look, there there's not a coach in America that works harder than Nick Saban. I promise you that. I've got a son that works for him now and uh, said it's just unbelievable. I said, is it, is it was tougher as a player or a coach? He said, by far a coach mm -hmm. uh, because he's there at 6 a.m. Wow. and leaves at 11 p.m. You know, it's, so it's a uh, it's a grind. He loves it, and uh, but he, he's like that. I mean, the guy works harder than any of us, and he pushes all of us to, to be better. And uh, that that so he's worth every penny based on the, the amount of time he puts in, more importantly, the championships he's won, the economic impact he's made not only for the university, for Tuscaloosa, but for the state of Alabama and probably for SEC football as well. You can probably look at those TV numbers and look at the things – that he's done at Alabama has allowed them to go to ESPN and get those type of contracts, Lars. Yeah, and again, when he uh, first arrived in, in, in 2007, uh, his contract was uh, four million a year, and the total was eight. Uh, the total for 32 million, and um, you know, at the time, everybody was just like, "Oh my God, this is uh, this is insane! How much money he's making." Well, um, you know, now it's 11.7 million. And also back in 2007, I think if, if uh, you would have polled every national college football writer, and let's say that there's 30 of them, 40, let's say 40, um, will Nick Saban be at Alabama in 2022? 100% would have said no. Yeah. You know, because Nick Saban was viewed as this mercenary type of head coach who liked <laughs> to go in fix programs, get the program to the top, and then move on to the next challenge. And uh, I was, oddly, I was I was talking to a friend last night who wasn't that familiar with Nick Saban, and, um, and uh, he was asking me what, what, what is so unique? What, why, or why has he been in Tuscaloosa so long? And again, I, I'm probably biased on this because I wrote a book on this subject, but I think it goes back to the 2011 tornado. And mm -hmm. he was he, he was no longer viewed as just a football coach. He was a community leader. He was a leader of a town. And 
you know, in a span of, uh, you know, the, 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 on the, the day after April 28th for at first light in the morning, he's out consoling, hugging, listening to people. And, and I think that event rooted him in the community in a way that he had never been rooted and miss Terry, right? Absolutely. Miss Terry. And, 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 and to this day that the legacy continues with, uh, you know, building the houses with habitat for humanity and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and Carson Tinker losing his girlfriend, uh, the long snapper. Um, I, I just, I, 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 I really believe Jay that that event, I think just tied him to this town and it's just like he couldn't leave after that. And, and, and it, it just, it, it made him, I think, feel a part of the fabric of the, of the city in a way that he had never experienced before. Yeah. I think his, I think his mom living in Birmingham, his kids living in Birmingham. I think uh, the Mercedes dealerships as well uh, in Birmingham and in Nashville, I think it's tied him uh, to the deep South. And um, you know, I know that uh, for him, I got to think too, Matt, and, and, and y'all can tell me if I'm way off base on this, but coach Saban is an ultimate competitor. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the one that's kind of the, you know, I, he, he's doing things differently. He talks about the process. Uh, I think I heard him in an interview recently. He said, look, you know, our standard is different than other people's standards. And he, I think he kind of meant that as a little bit of a, like saying, look, we're, we're, our standards are a little bit higher uh, or even different than the, maybe the way that people approach day-to-day stuff. But I really think, in my opinion, that Coach Bryant um, had as much to do with him staying because he realized, where can I go and, and be recognized and to be able to do the things in order to have the most success at this job? And that's going to be that I can beat Coach Bryant's record of six national championships. I'm not saying that was the motivating factor of him coming. I think that's what's kind of kept him there at some points, that his competitiveness saying, look, I want to be the guy that was able to surpass the greatest of all time. And a lot of people have him as the greatest of all time. And I think doing it at the university where coach Bryant did it, I think says a lot. And I think it, um, I know for Alabama fans, it means a lot uh, that uh, another guy came in and was able to accomplish the same things. Coach Bryant did Matt, your take on that. Well, I, I agree with you, with you, Jay, 100%. And uh, there's just a certain number of people that have this drive. And when they get to 65, they don't recognize it and they just keep on going. And, and Saban is one of those people. But I think you make a great point about Malmore and a great point about being at the University of Alabama. Somebody could have paid him equal amounts uh, of money and maybe lured him f- away from Miami. I doubt it. And he could have ended up at Iowa State. Iowa State can't provide him what the University of Alabama did. Not the tradition. Nobody can. Not the heritage. Not, not the, the resources and, and the backing and the boosters. Yeah. Uh, and also, back to more. Moore gave him the keys to the car. That's it. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no other school where he would get the resources that Alabama was willing to provide. And that's what Mal Moore basically told him down in Miami when he was doing the sales pitch to uh, to Nick and and Miss Terry. Hey, come here and we will do everything for you. Whatever you want, we will do our best to give you. And uh, I know other uh, athletic directors say that to uh, uh, to potential coaches, but Mal Moore, you know, there's a history at Alabama where Alabama delivers that. 
And it, 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 football is so important to the culture of not just the South, but especially this state. And, you know, we could do multiple shows on, on that, just dissecting why it's so important, why it matters so much. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's that passion that fuels sort of the whole engine, right, of, of Alabama football, Jay. Yep. Yeah, and I think, too, just going back to a man that I love and I miss every day, Mal Moore. Um, I mean, he kind of was the bridge, right? I mean, he was a part of the, the first national championship with Coach Bryant. Uh, he went on his coaching staff, was there with him through numerous championships, went to Notre Dame, won another national championship at Notre Dame, came back to Alabama after going into the pros with Coach Stallings and was there with him. They came back in, uh, in, in 1990, 92, we won a national championship with a group of coaches that were connected to coach Brian in, in every way possible. And then he's able to make the hire that uh, puts Alabama back on top with Nick Saban. So, uh, Mal Moore has been an instrumental part, a uh, huge part of Alabama football, uh, history, athletic history as well, uh, from what he's done with that athletic department, even the visions that he had back in the day when, before he even hired coach Saban with him and Dr. Witt talking about what the expansions they wanted to do, uh, the type of buildings they wanted to build and, and giving the athletes the best, the best, uh, that, that has a lot to do with it. Uh, Mount Moore. All right. Uh, we'll come back and uh, let's take a quick break as we continue here live from AVX audio video. Excellence. Lars Anderson, our tie 100.9 FM flagship station. We'll continue hour number two, Steve Irvine. We'll talk UAB football. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the... 251596. 800-925-1596. That's 800-925-1596. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with a few passing showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 81. Tonight's low, 68. Tomorrow and Thursday, a mix of sun and clouds both days with scattered showers and storms. Highs between 85 and 80. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Actually, at the scrimmage on Saturday night, and some good, great reporting on that as uh, we look and uh, watch as far as Brian Vincent, uh, the new head coach for UAB Blazers, uh, taking uh, his place in uh, UAB football history now. But, Steve, thanks for being uh, with us today and uh, talking some UAB football. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on. Most definitely. Give us an update about the uh, the scrimmage on Saturday night. What'd you think? Well, I mean, I think um, I think they're ready to play. You know, I think that's part of it. I think they've had you know they've had enough of hitting each other. Um, you know, I think I think Dylan Hopkins. Uh, you know, one thing that jumped out to me was, you know, I think Dylan Hopkins is is ready, man. I mean, I, I think he's he looks. Uh, you know, he's very he's healthy, probably for the first time since he's been there. Uh, certainly going into the season, uh, sharp. Uh, you know, I just think he really is playing at a high level right now, and he had to because. I think Jacob Zeno's right there too, and and Jacob Zeno will get some time. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. But uh, I think that um, you know, right now Hopkins is is certainly the guy. Part of it is he's been there and he knows the offense, you know, uh, a lot, you know, better because he's been there longer. Uh, but you know, I think that jumped out. 
I'll tell you, another thing jumped out that's really has kind of jumped out in practice is uh, is, is Lee Witherspoon. Lee Witherspoon's running back that they had, you know, with, played at North Jackson High School and had like almost, I think, 60 touchdowns in his senior year and, and um, you know, was a big-time high school player and then went to Mississippi State and then he bounced back to UAB. And, and really, you know, last year, you know, he, he broke his leg, you know, during camp and, and um, you know, didn't get a chance to play. And really, even before that, had not really had a good camp, you know. And, and so they were sort of waiting on him. And now I think he's healthy. And, my goodness, he had a, he had a run in the scrimmage that was, uh, you know, kind of reversed the field on it and went about 45, 50 yards. And so, you know, I think he's a guy that, that jumped out. Now, they didn't have Dwayne McBride and Jermaine Brown, the two top running backs, playing because they know what they can do. And. Um, you know, during the scrimmage. But, you know, I think um, where they're at running the football right now is going to be really good, I think. I, I know it's so early and it's hard. It'll be hard to answer this question, but is there any difference in, in just how things are running under uh, Brian Vincent, Coach Brian Vincent, who uh, is the program's interim head coach uh, uh, after uh, Bill Clark had to step down? Did you, uh, is, is there anything that caught your eye that's different? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think the, the one thing is it's just, it's a different feel. Now, and now it's, you know, Brian Vincent and Bill Clark are very close and, and, and they've been together a long time. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of similarities in the way they run the practice. But, but I think that the one, the one really good thing that Brian Vincent has done in this camp is he's brought his own personality into it. He's got a little different personality than, you know, than Bill Clark. And it, it just seems, it just seems like there's a different feel, and and not a better feel, not a worse feel. I mean, it just it, you know, I think he's again. I think a lot of times when you're when you're an interim, you don't really come in and go, okay, I got to put my my stamp on it, my personality on it, because you feel like you're an interim, you just kind of go. Uh, where I think you know Brian Vincent has has come in and put his own own little stamp on it a, a little bit, and and I, again, there's a lot of similarities in what Bill Clark did, and 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 Brian Vincent really is. It, it, you know that's conscious. I mean, he doesn't want to go away from what they've done because what they've done is pretty darn good now for you know for this level. So, um, but but I do think yeah, I do think that there's a, a, a different feel around the program right now. Hey, uh, talk a little bit more, going more in depth on defense, particularly. You wrote an article on uh, eighteen nineteen sports here just a couple of days ago about Jackson Bratton uh, transfer from Alabama. Is he going to? Uh, is he going to play a factor in some of oh. the other guys that might be on that side of the football? Absolutely, Jackson Bradden's going to play a factor. I mean, he, you know, he. I mean, here's a guy that's you know six two, two thirty. You know, in the conference USA, there's not a whole lot of those guys that run like he does and and has the ability that he does. So he'll play a role. I think the one thing about the defense is is um, they're so deep that that I'm not sure they're going to have an all conference guy. You know, I mean because. I don't know that the numbers are going to be there, but because they're just so deep. I mean, they go, they probably got, you know, six inside linebackers that can that can play and play at a high level, you know. And and, and like Jackson Bratton, for example, I, I don't, I don't know that he'll be a starter. Now he'll play, you know, a lot of minutes and and a lot of plays, but you know, I I just think that their their strength right now is is, is their numbers, and 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 they, you know they're healthy and that that helps too. But you know, I think that at the inside linebackers. Um, and, and, and all through the secondary, their numbers are good. Now, where they're gonna, you know, where, where you don't know yet with them is up front. I mean, they, they, you know, I think they've got some pieces there. I think Fish McWilliams and, and Isaiah Forte are, are, you know, good inside guys, 
but you don't know what, you know, how good they're going to be, you know, because they lost so much up front. And to me, that's the biggest, probably the biggest question mark uh, on, on, you know, on this football team. I think they're going to be okay and, and good, but uh, you, you won't know until, in, until you actually see it. Steve Irvine, our guest talking UAB football, UTSA and UAB, their final seasons with Conference USA. And uh, both of these teams uh, have done so well as far as championships. Uh, talk about how, how big it would be for UAB to win their final year in Conference USA and the rebuild that uh, Coach Clark had so much to do with and, and how that could impact Brian Vincent going forward. Well, it'd be huge. I mean, I, you know, I think that's, that's one thing that's a, you know, a great question is, is uh, you know, Brian Vincent, what, what will it take for him to, to get this interim uh, label off, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, probably would take a championship. And, and, you know, I, I think I think they've got the program. You know, Bill Clark got the program to the point where, if you don't win a championship, it's 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 a disappointment. You know, last year, you know, they end up nine and four, beat BYU, in, in you know in a huge bowl game for them. And you know, yeah, there was a, there was a, you know a lot of momentum coming out the bowl game, but you know, really felt almost felt like a uh, you know a disappointing year because they didn't win a championship, and and so. I think that that's kind of that's what they built around there, and and I think that um, they've got the team to do that. So I, you know, I, but but I do think that it will take that probably to take the interim label off. I mean, I don't know if that's accurate or not, uh, but but I mean, I, I think if he wins a championship, to me, it's hard to say. Okay, well, we're going you know we're going to open it up and, and try to find somebody else because you know it's all about winning the championship, winning championships, and. So you know, I think that you know, I would I would think that if he wins the championship out of this, and I think they have the team to do it. Um, then then you know that, that interim label, interim label could come off. Steve, when you uh, analyze the schedule, uh, and this is talking season, and thankfully talking season is almost over. But when you analyze right. the schedule, what is your projection for UAB's uh, final record? Well, uh, healthy, uh, you know, a healthy UAB team, uh, you know, I think they, they win the, their division or they don't have divisions, but I think they make the championship game. You know, I think they win nine or, you know, between eight and 10 regular season games, you know, it depends again, it depends on how some things shake out. You know, they have some, a couple tough road trips that, that, you know, it's hard to figure out what'll happen. I think, you know, Louisiana tech, uh, Western Kentucky, uh, you know, I, I do think they beat, um, Provided they're healthy, I do think they beat uh, UTSA at home because they do have them at home, even though those two uh, probably the two best teams in the conference. But you know, I think they win, you know, eight, nine, ten games uh, if they stay healthy. Uh, as we wrap up here with Steve Irvine from nineteen eighteen nineteen news, um, which you can get online at eighteen nineteen news dot com. Um, he handles their sports. How much difference is going to be for you? You travel to the team as their color analyst for many, many years, and mm -hmm. uh, now you're kind of back in the booth, if you will, but a, a different one, not broadcast. You're a writer. You're a beat writer. Uh, I would imagine since that was your forte, you're looking forward to that, but I bet you're going to miss the broadcast a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, this, I, I'm I'm really happy to be back doing what you know what I really enjoy doing, and and, and I like that, and I, you know I've always I've always enjoyed that. But yeah, yeah, I'll miss it a little bit, you know, I, um, a lot, you know. I mean, just just being able to sit next to David Crane, you know, people don't know how good David Crane is, you know, we do, but I mean, there's a lot of people in this in around here that just don't know how how good David Crane is, and just being able to sit next to him and listen to him, you know, call a game. For, for that many years, it, 
it, it was it was a blast, you know, and, and I will miss that. I will miss the Friday nights, you know, on the road. We had a few of those. I, I could probably tell some stories, but, you know, I don't want to get myself yeah. in trouble. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's different. But, but I really I, I really look forward to uh, – I've always loved covering, you know, covering beats, but I've always loved covering games, you know, I, you know just going and trying to tell the story, you know, uh, of a game. And I know the game story is changed, you know – Obviously, it's changed and it's not as important as it once was. But I've always enjoyed that, so I'm having a blast, and and I, and I wouldn't trade it. Steve Irvine talking UAB football. Eighteen nineteen news dot com. That's eighteen nineteen news dot com. Steve, thank you, my man. I appreciate you guys. All right, Steve Irvine again talking UAB football. Brian Vincent, Coach Brian Vincent, uh, his first uh, debut coming up uh, not too long, uh, for kind of what a week and a half, I guess, aboard the UAB Blazers. So. Look forward to that. All right, we'll continue. More to come here on the Jay Barker Show. Hour number two continues live from AVX. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show. will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 
Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.C letter O. I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through to make those rainbows in my mind when I think of you sometime and I want to spend some time with you all right, welcome back in as we continue live from AVX Audio Video Excellence. And uh, Lars has been down at Tide 100.9 FM, our flagship station. He now heads over to be Mr. Professor, uh, as he does each and every t- uh, Tuesday uh, during this time of year. And uh, I think we'll move to what Thursday, I think it is, uh, coming up uh, a lot of times uh, in the spring. So uh, Lars uh, headed off there now. We appreciate him joining us for the hour and a half that he could today. But, uh, Matt, you know, you look at this far as – the two or three top stories right now for Alabama fans out there. Number one, Nick Saban, new contract, 2030 is the ending of it. Uh, he'll be 78 years old, averaging $11.7 million per year in that contract, surpassing Kirby Smart's $11.2 million uh, contract that he just signed recently. Also, Greg Burns got an extension until t- t- 2029, $1.7 million average per year. Also, Edric Hill, uh, 21st member of the Crystal Ties, 2023 class out of Kansas City, Missouri. Some other news real quick. David Ballou named most impactful strength and conditioning coach. Congratulations to him. And also uh, back to uh, we're talking about delivery of the alcohol to Bryant Denny Stadium arrived yeah. earlier today. Uh, right now, the SEC has a cutoff rule. No alcohol after the third quarter It's approved to be sold at concessions. But no hawkers will be walking around stands saying, get your ice cold beer. Uh, wine also approved. So you may see both wine and beer at Bryant Denny Stadium coming up for this 2023 season or 2022 season, excuse me. Yeah, uh, it's very interesting since they've been uh, able to settle things there with the city of Tuscaloosa and the police department. I, I think at first that seemed to be a little bit of a rub, but then it calmed down. Everybody got their, you know, kind of cooler heads prevailed and, and they've made it and everybody's going to be compensated in the right way, which is sufficient for Alabama and the city of Tulus- Tuscaloosa, which is all that that's just wonderful. Uh, there are a couple things I did. I wondered uh, first, and I'm sure they have uh, a plan that perhaps they've modified from other 
stadiums that that do this, but uh, you're going to have to have some way to make sure that they're 21 and above. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's certainly a situation when, what do you think, 75% of the students there are not 21? So you're going to have to have something. I imagine you'd have to go, you know how you walk into the Barons game, you go over, you show your ID, and you, and you get a wristband? Maybe it's as simple as that. I don't know. And the, the other thing, Jay, and, and I, I guess I'm kind of being a little bit candid, but then again, not. Um, I think we all know uh, if we haven't, uh, <laughs> if we haven't had it happen to us, we've seen it. Uh, what happens when you drink a lot of beer, Jay? And you don't have to say. We'll just let everybody fill in the blank. Um, you you have to go to the bathroom. Uh, there is, and I'm not, not. This is not funny. The lines are going to be a lot longer. Um, I've I've thought about this too. The pressure, literally, on the water systems and the bathrooms and in you know the toilets and urinal, you know. Uh, urinals and so forth is going to be a lot more frequent and uh, i'm guessing the university of alabama rarely leaves an i undotted or a t uncrossed that they've gone through all of this but the of all of those things there are going to be some people that miss a lot of the game because they're standing in line now i haven't been up on the concourse jay uh and in the bathroom do they have television sets in the bathrooms uh, maybe not right now, but they might after this segment. Uh, I don't think they do. I haven't, I, again, I haven't, uh, been in that, that restroom. I've actually, you know, been in the press box for the last, uh, three or four right. years, but, um, you know, and which, which was so different for me from being uh, a player and also being, um, out in the stands for a long time. And, uh, at, at that time just decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to use the, the press pass that we get and go up in the press box. And it's a different environment. I mean, it's quiet. It's not, you know, you got TVs everywhere. You can see, not only Alabama's games, but all the other games, there's, you know, food there. It's like you're in, in a box, but you got to be quiet. Uh, to, you can't really show or express any type of emotions or cheer for your team when you're in there, which, I mean, I, I messed up many times uh, even last year uh, for that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's I'm sure for them, uh, you know, they probably looked at and looked how to dot every I, how to cross every T to make sure that they're ready uh, once this happens. But it's a big move by the SEC. It's a big move by SEC teams. Uh, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, would this be happening at Brian Denny Stadium? I said, there's no way. Uh, but things uh, evolved. Things have changed uh, when it comes to not only the pro sports, but uh, what we've seen in collegiate sports, the money that's being made uh, off of this. And, and not to say that it's always should be a money thing where you make that decision. But um, there's a lot of studies that are out there that talk about how that if you uh, have the alcohol in the stadium, that people are different about how they approach pregame uh getting ready for the game so maybe that cuts down on some things that they've had or issues they've had before we'll see uh, i mean the, you know the proof will be in the pudding the proof will be in how this thing and how uh, the, the fans react to it and i think i mean i think it could be a positive thing and, and i think it could be a, a good thing for university from a revenue standpoint uh but at the same time you never know till you do oh, yeah. it so uh, they've, they've dove in uh into it and uh they will have it in bryant denny stadium come game one I do wonder about the logistics, too, because all of this was put together so late. You know how some some arenas uh, are already set up to serve beer along with the popcorn and the Cokes and the hot dogs. Uh, have they had time to actually put the kegs in or the you got coolers, put the beer in, or are they going to be individual stands uh, that maybe sit alone and set up? And uh, I, I guess I'm supposed to know this. Josh or Jonathan or Joe or somebody in our producing staff will know. But who, do you remember who has pouring rights? I don't. 
Is it like Bud and Miller or uh, do they I have, have craft I, beer? I actually have not seen that uh, as far as who has the porn. I was about to say Coca-Cola uh, is, is who uh, has it in, inside the stadium. But, um, you know, I, I think usually the pouring rights for the Coca-Cola and, and the Jack Daniels you brought in uh, for a lot of the, uh, the students and a lot of the fans. Yeah. But um, as, as far as that, I, I really think this has been a process that's been going on for a long time, Matt. I think this is something that they've been talking about, discussing for uh, years, um, you know, and, and that knowing that this was coming, Greg Byrne, who's a great AD and has seen it through other stadiums, has been in different events and seen and watched. Uh, he, he's an observer. He, he goes in, he learns and watches how things are done. So I, I don't think this is going to catch them by surprise at all. I, I, I almost felt like that how late in the process that it got to the vote for the city council right up before first game of the season. Um, getting, didn't give many people much time to, to criticize it or to, uh, to have any kind of backlash against it before it was implemented. So, uh, I, I, I think they've been planning for this for a while. I think all the infrastructure will be in place. I think my hope, and, uh, maybe it's a little bit wishful thinking, but I also think some, there's some logic in what I'm thinking as well is that the people won't have, they won't be doing, and this is not a, a, a massive accusation but they're not going to be doing six uh you know six jello shots before they get in to i mean just kind of amp their buzz they can just take what they've got in as far as pre-game consumption and then have a couple of beers or glass of wine or two and enjoy the rest of the game instead of getting there already almost hammered because you felt like you needed to pre-game in that fashion and i also think from a revenue standpoint and listen alabama has many streams of revenue but this is an additional one, and I don't have the numbers on it, but I, I would imagine the University of Alabama ha has a projection on how much they're going to make. I imagine the Alabama fans will exceed it. And, and I really think that, that all is going to be well cut off after the third quarter is very, very smart. Um, I, I think that they'll have to work through some issues, and uh, you know they'll, they'll be some D&Ds there too, so they'll have to take care of that. That'll be up to the police, but... Uh, all in all, uh, Jay, I've never been against this. I, I, I felt like uh, it's a revenue stream that belonged at the university, whatever it is, at Alabama, LSU, uh, and it, you know, they should benefit from those sales. Well, and again, as, as everybody kind of knows from you know, dating back uh, even to your time in college, my time in college, and even now, um, it's coming in the stadium. I mean, it's it's get, it's in the stadium whether you, you're selling it or not. People are bringing it in. They get it in. They find a way to get it in. Um, and and if not, they're they're like you said, they're trying to down as many as they can before they come in. And normally that's not a good thing. So maybe this will keep uh, no. that from happening and uh, be a better um, you know during the game that it, and not worried about trying to get loaded up pregame in order to come into the game uh, at a certain level. All workers that will be selling alcohol, Matt, must take a class to check IDs, watch for fake ones. Um, they said not sure if they will mark or have handbands, uh, some sort of a thing like that. But the workers must take a class before being allowed to serve. Levi Premium Food Services, they're the ones that have the rights. And uh, Josh said, I know Black Warrior had a partnership too, so not sure he writes if a main vendor like Miller or Bud, but outside of Black Warrior local craft. But uh, you got to think it'll be one of the main uh, main ones, Miller or Bud or somebody. But uh, we'll see who uh, ends up with that. I haven't seen any official announcement about that. I'm not sure if anybody else has as either, but um, it's going to be interesting to watch to see. I, I'm sure yeah, they prepared well. Maddox and uh, Greg Byrne had a little bit of a uh, back and forth early on, but able to work that out and get it through the city council. Hey, Jay, when we come back, would you like for me? But uh, I will not point any fingers at anyone I know. 
would you like for me to share a couple of the most creative ways I've ever witnessed to sneak alcohol into a football game? Most definitely. Are <laughs> right, we'll you really that we'll, interested? Do you think Tuscaloosa yeah. is that interested? Uh, take a <laughs> tip from Matt. That's right. I, I want to hear some of the ones. I want, I want some of these to date back to your time as well. All right. Uh, we're uh, going to continue hour number uh, two. We'll wrap it up and uh, come back on the other side. Stay with us. And other less invasive exams. Talk to your doctor about your options today. For more information on virtual colonoscopy, visit radiologyinfo.org. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with a few passing showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today 81, tonight's low 68. Tomorrow and Thursday, a mix of sun and clouds both days with scattered showers and storms. Highs between 85 and 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. here on this Tuesday edition. Again, our thanks to Andrew Bone, who joined us earlier talking to Alabama commitment, Edrick Hill and uh, others. The 21st commitment now for the Crimson Tide. The big story today, though, has been Nick Saban's contract extension through 2030 for an average of $11.7 million per year. He surpasses Kirby Smart's $11.2 million. And also Greg Byrne gets $1.7 million on average till 2029 in the new contract. Alcohol sales we got approved, and alcohol has been delivered so some of the top stories there we were talking about it earlier matt you were going to give us some delivery methods that you had in college and some but some of the best ones you've seen of getting uh, alcohol in the brian did stadium before this (laughs) you can't just point at me okay (laughs) i'm not going to sit here and it says that i i never did it but i was more of the flask guy you know if it was a you know put it in a flask it's metal they didn't use metal detectors back then so you just kind of put it in your coat pocket Back then, we wore coats and ties. Oh, what, what were we thinking? Well, we were thinking we had to do what our pledge guy said. But uh, our they still do. attorney guy said. But uh, it, it wasn't all that unusual for others to wear coats and ties, too. So mm-hmm. that being said, uh, one, two of the most creative I, I, I ever saw, and I didn't do this. I saw somebody else doing it, that you remember the, the really big, large buckets of Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean, they were... They were big, and they had managed a way to line the inside with with ice and beer. And normally you think, okay, what do you get? Maybe maybe you get three or four beers in there. No, they had a way to get like uh, a twelve pack. Maybe it was a larger than average bucket. But what they did is that they would obviously they buy the chicken. But they would take that wax paper and then put several pieces of chicken on the very, very top. So if by chance they did open it, they go, oh, look, there's a leg and a breast and a thigh. So uh, I always thought that was tremendously clever. But the best one was uh, You a could bring food into Brian Dee's Stadium at that time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Or, That's crazy. I don't know. Maybe both were contraband. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but the best one I ever saw uh, was uh, – 
a guy had uh, made a seat. It looked like a cushion, but it was actually uh, plastic. And it was, you know, for you to put your butt cheeks in. You know, it had that little indent indentation so you could sit more comfortably. Well, the inside of it was totally hollowed out. And you could pour uh, like a handle in it. I mean, you could put a lot of bourbon in it. And then it had a little bitty valve that you couldn't see, you know, to the, you know, the naked eye. And you could literally, you could sit in your chair, hold your cup down underneath, and, and then you just pour your liquor in there. And the only thing that was a drawback on that, Jay, can you imagine how heavy it was? Uh, I mean, it was. <laughs> that's full. very brilliant, though. And the Kentucky Fried yeah. Chicken would be a good one for underage drinkers. Uh, not, not that we're giving them any ideas out there that uh, are on campus. Not anymore. To have, the ch- have the chicken on top. That's, that's hilarious. Binoculars have always been used. Uh, People unscrew the binoculars at the top yeah. or, or had those fake binoculars that were made to carry it in. Um, most of the people, that, that, that they just normally put it down their pants, you know, and felt like they weren't going to check in yeah. certain areas. The uh, the other um, – remember those two guys that used to have the Tide box and the toilet paper? <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, the, what was in them? They was, put in – no, there was, was there no alcohol in toilet paper roll? <laughs> <laughs> That would be the way is to bring what? in a sign or something like that with the, that had all your stuff in it. But um, crazy, crazy. But yeah, that's, they, uh, uh, they that's went, a great idea by the seat, though. Yeah, uh, I I went with him in one game. And, um, I, I knew what he did, but I was I was behind him when he walked in. I noticed one shoulder was a lot lower than the other uh, because the dang thing was absolutely it, it held more than a gallon, uh, but it served its purpose. Um, I'm hopeful that, uh, a lot of that will curtail, uh, some of the underage might still need to do it. Uh, I, I, I hope not, but, um, as I said, uh, a segment ago, Jay, I think all in all, this is going to be a good thing. Yeah. Again, Drink another revenue generator for the university. Yeah. And, um, and, and I also wonder this, Matt, do you, do you think they'll become more stricter when it comes to bringing alcohol in because now they're selling it now they don't want to lose the revenue. They want to say, no, you know, we're, we're going to, we're really going to crack down on and anybody bringing anything in. We're going to be more stringent about that because now we have uh, something to lose. Well, my immediate response is probably, but now they're going to have to have so many other people to take care of the legal part of it. That maybe it takes away from those that are trying to, you know, find out whether you're not a, you, you got a fifth of Jack in your pocket. So another way was uh, simple. Um, just put miniatures in your cowboy boots. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It was funny when you had like certain you... fraternity guys wearing ca- uh, cargo pants uh, to uh, with their coat and tie, <laughs> and all yeah, the young freshmen, uh, poor guys. I've they're all under, all the freshmen are underage, and they're the ones having to carry all the stuff in. And then when they started doing that thing where they were oh, detecting, God, like was... doing doing the, uh, um, you know, where they were able to detect whether or not the cell phones were leaving or whatever else, they were like, "Here's hold our cell phones. Make sure you bring it back to our fraternity house. We're gone." back when they were worried about everybody leaving in the fourth quarter. This may keep people there, I guess. Yeah. But maybe not. It's just they're going to get it at the third quarter. Matt, have a great will. day. And to all of you listening right, as well. And uh, Lars off to be uh, teaching at the university today. Thanks to Josh Smith, our producer. Jonathan producing as well there for us at Tide 100.9 FM. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow for our Wednesday.